Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, uh, coming up in about uh, just under half an hour. We're going to hear from the Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford. Uh, he is giving his uh, daily press conference, uh, normally scheduled for 1 o'clock, but it's been delayed till 1.30, and he will be uh, unveiling some sort of plan or process on how we slowly and gradually uh, move away from uh, what we are doing now. Of course, that, I believe, will still involve some sort of self-distancing and, and isolation and such, but uh, slowly but surely we'll uh, get things back to normal. Here's what uh, uh, Mayor Fred Eisenberger had to say with Bill Kelly in regard to opening uh, the city up and its plans to do so. Physical distancing still is going to be important. Obviously, uh, masks and gloves are going to be important uh, going forward. You know, as long as that virus is out there, um, you know, you never where you don't know where it's going to land. So everyone has to kind of practice all the protections we have in place now. But it may not be the kind of uh, dedicated self isolation that we're looking at at the moment. And so uh, I don't I don't know that anybody has a magic bullet answer. I'm looking forward to hearing what the uh, the premier has to say later, and based on the advice of their public health and what areas we can relax uh, or they plan on relaxing and when they plan to start that and. I think they might be laying out a roadmap, but not necessarily saying it's starting tomorrow. Yeah, that's a very good plan. It's a very good observation from the mayor. Uh, we'll see a roadmap. It's not necessarily, hey, everybody jump in the car, let's go. Uh, it's going to be a gradual thing. Also, uh, another example that we are not out of the woods yet, uh, Education Minister Stephen Lecce announcing yesterday uh, that, in fact, uh, the schools will remain closed until May 31st, uh, and then beyond that, it's anybody's guess. Here's what the Education Minister had to say. So the government, on the advice of the Chief Medical Officer of Health, uh, following discussions, consecutive discussions with Dr. Williams and the command table, the government has uh, decided and is announcing to extend the school closure period till May 29th. There's a variety of models being contemplated uh, globally, um, you know, that are being discussed. I've seen the public discourse staggering and other discussions around changing the modeling of schools. These are all discussions that will happen in consultation, of course, with uh, our educators, with parents, uh, with school boards, with our federation partners. I mean, everyone's going to have an opinion and have a say, and I'm going to want to hear that perspective. We're not there today. We need more time. We need to see a reduced risk to our young people. And so, therefore, we have accepted that advice, as we always have. All right. Uh, going to be fascinating to see how this all does uh, roll out. And as the minister said, I mean, we may even see uh, staggered classrooms in order to to spread everybody out. Um, and who knows? I mean, you know, somebody was talking. I heard somebody mention the other day that maybe the teachers will go back, but the kids will stay at home. So the direct will, uh, the actual lesson will be coming out of the classroom, per se, and then slowly move uh, towards uh, in-person learning. But again, all of this, all of this hinges on what medical and scientific experts have to say in regard to uh, controlling all of this. Uh, as I mentioned, in just under half hour, the Premier will unveil the plan to talk more about all of this. Dr. Mike Moffat is with us, Assistant Professor, Business, Economics, and Public Policy Group, Ivy Business School, Western University, and he is with us now. Mike, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, thank you for having me. Any idea, look in your crystal ball, what you think we will see uh, as this gradually unfolds and, and as we gradually go down the backside of this curve and hopefully get uh, somewhat back to normal? What will it look like? Any thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I think uh, some of your prior, uh, previous interviews nailed it, uh, that this is going to be sort of a staggered approach. I, I've seen the analogy that this is going to be like a dimmer switch, you know, so you're not going to flip this on overnight, but slowly this is going to turn. Um, we, there are a few countries that are ahead of us. Uh, Germany, for example, uh, they're starting to open stores, but not every store. They're looking at, uh, they're, they're opening car dealerships, uh, bookstores, uh, hair salons, the kind of thing where you can still keep that physical distance, whereas restaurants are not reopening. So that's the kind of thing I, I think uh, you'll see, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving uh, parts here. Uh, you know, first of all, there's this dilemma that the government has that, you know, if you open this too soon, uh, you're going to cause another outbreak. But if you delay it uh, longer than you need to, you're just doing more damage to the economy. Secondly, that the government only matters so much that what you and I and everybody else does also matters. So the government can reopen restaurants if it wants. But if we're not comfortable going to restaurants, it's not going to do them much good. It's not going to do much good for our oil and gas sector if prices remain as low. You know, we can bring everybody back to the patch, but oil prices are still low. You know, you're not going to create those jobs. And third is childcare. You know, they can uh, as long as they uh, keep the schools closed. I'm not going back to work because I have a daughter in grade three yeah. that I need to look after. So this mm-hmm. is a very complicated situation. It's not the kind of thing where the government's going to be able to flip a switch and we're all going to go back to normal. Will we see, uh, and again, a part of the balancing act, will we see uh, more concentration be put on essential service or really whether they can do it safely or not? Not necessarily whether the business is an essential service, but whether it can be done safely, some yeah, more so I, than others. I, I, I think more the latter. Uh, most of the essential services, not all of them, but most of the essential services are already up and running. So in that sort of phase out phase, I think they're going to, to take a, a focus on, on safety, where something, again, like a car dealership, where it might be easier for everybody to at six feet apart, you might they might have to tell people not to touch the cars. But those are the kinds of things that they can reopen safely. And I think that's what they, they want to try and do, is just get as much of the economy up and running as quickly as possible in sort of a safe way. So I think that's going to be the focus of, okay, how can we create this um, situation where, you know, you, we can keep the economy running, we can keep people apart, and in particular, uh, we can make sure that our elderly are safe because they're the ones uh, that are most affected. So we're seeing across the world schools actually being one of the, the early things to open up because kids seem less affected uh, by this disease uh, than, the, than the elderly. Uh, what about, uh, you know, you're talking about businesses and whether they can open up safely or not. What about some of the restrictions that have been put on the public in gathering? Um, you know, will we see easing, for example, of, of going into public parks, this sort of thing? I, I think so. And again, with the, with the big caveat that uh, I, I'm not an epidemiologist or a doctor, right. uh, despite my Dr. Mike Moffat title. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. And again, we're seeing that uh, in other countries, particularly in Europe, where the focus has become, OK, you can do, you know, as long as you're not sort of touching anything and you're as long as you're uh, six feet apart or more, um, it's OK. So I think we are going to start to see, you know, people allowed to uh, throw, throw a Frisbee with a family member in a park and those kinds of things. I expect that to be the kind of thing that would open up first. Again, because that seems to be uh, less risky, according to our epidemiologists, 
than you know some of these other things like going to a restaurant, going to a concert, that kind of thing. So I do think that focus again is going to be not so much on what's more or less important to the economy, uh, but what can be done the most safely. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. So will the economy be the priority here and then the public second, do you think? So in other words, you know, let's get people working. Let's get, let's get businesses reopened again. Uh, the social aspect of it, of this isn't really the priority right now. Well, I, I think it is a priority as well. I think we we recognize that, uh, you know, keeping people locked indoors is not conducive to, to mental health. So, I, I think it's more going to be sort of a, a floor of saying, okay, what activities can we uh, define as being, you know, relatively low risk and opening those up? And as those are successful, you know, start to move that line into sort of higher and higher risk activities. But yeah, I, I think you need to have that balanced approach between, you know, getting back people back to work, but also just letting people have a, a decent uh, quality of life, you know, letting them uh, go, you know, pick up a coffee at the uh, lo- local cafe or, 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 you know, toss around a baseball, uh, you know, w- with their kids at the local school schoolyard, those sorts of things. I think both are important. What about uh, protective equipment? Will, will we see uh, leaders relax this, but under conditions? You have to wear gloves. You have to have a mask. Do you think we're going to see that? Yeah, we've seen that in Europe. Uh, Again, so Denmark and Germany and other countries have started to put on regulations or or rules saying, okay, if you want to go to one of these public places, you need to be able to wear gloves or masks. I think the only constraint there in Canada is going to be, you know, do we actually have access to those gloves and masks and and that kind of thing? But that is the kind of thing we, we might see, not so much on the outdoor side, but um, going to stores. And again, you know, our, they're going to be looking to other countries, uh, both Asia and Europe, who, again, are a little bit ahead of this uh, and are starting to uh, toy around with different models. And you have to wonder if the public wearing masks is taking them away from healthcare care workers, which is obviously a priority. Absolutely. And that's I mean, that's what's going to make this such a tough decision uh, for, for the premier. I don't envy any of the premiers in, in Canada who have to make these decisions. Um, because you're right, all of these decisions sort of have un- uh, unintended consequences, and that's a big one. Uh, you know, if we are going to require people to wear protective equipment to go out, well, are our doctors and nurses and respiratory therapists are they going to have enough? So, so absolutely, all of these decisions are incredibly difficult. Is there a tipping point with the economy? I mean, you know, I've read reports, you know, we can do this for 90 days, 120 days, maybe even up to six months, but then something has to give. Are we getting to that point with the economy now? Are we, is there a point of, of, of which it's very difficult to come back from? Yeah, I, I, I do. It's hard to put an exact date on it, but I, I would agree with that sort of line of thinking. Like every single day it's less you know fewer and fewer restaurants are going to reopen you know once once we turn the switch that you know i'm a business owner myself and i see you know i see what's happening between the difference between the meager revenues that we're bringing in and all of the expenses that we still have so yeah there you know i i don't know if we can identify a tipping point but that is one of the big concerns that the government has and you see that both at the federal and provincial government levels where we have things like like the wage subsidy and other programs for business, because there is that big concern here that, okay, if this goes on too long, are these uh, companies going to be able to 
be solvent enough to reopen their doors. Because if they don't, then we're, we're going to have an even bigger unemployment issue on our hands. From a uh, from an economic perspective, you know, everybody, no matter what industry we've talked to, it seems everybody, every industry in some way has changed, will change. How do you see this moving forward? Will we come out the other end of this a very different place? I, I think so. I, I, I think there are some business models that have sort of accelerated the adoption. You know, over the last 10 years, I think you and I have talked about this before, we're seeing more people shop online and fewer people ta- uh, shop at brick and mortar. Uh, well, we've seen more of this during this crisis, and people have gotten kind of used to the idea. Uh, so I think we might, you know, might lose those brick and mortar stores even faster than they were before, and the, the Amazons and the WalMarts and all the companies that offer online shopping. I, I, you know, I think are going to experience growth. You know, we've seen the rise of telecommuting. I think some people in this crisis uh, have determined, you know, in fact, I'm, I'm more productive uh, at home. I'm not one of them. I, again, I've got kids, so I'm definitely not more productive at home, but uh, other people have discovered they are. So I really do think um, this is going to change a lot of things. And I think one in particular is going to change is I think countries are going to try and bring manufacturing back and closer to home because we've seen mm. the real value of having manufacturing, you know, having those hockey equipment manufacturers who can make uh, protective equipment. I think we are going to see the supply chains start to come back to North America as governments realize how, how important it is to have manufacturing here. Has this made the world realize that they've become too dependent on China? I, I think so, or just too dependent on very complex supply chains uh, where, you know, a, a good crosses borders 12 or 15 times. Um, is, it's, quite, it's quite an efficient model but it's not, uh, it's not resilient in the sense that, it, you know, if you have a disaster one place, it can disrupt the entire supply chain. So I do think we're going to have more of a focus coming out of this, that on resiliency of having something that can, uh, you know, withstand, withstand a, a pandemic, a uh, natural disaster, that kind of thing, and maybe a little less focus on efficiency. How will, and this is sort of an off-topic question, but how do you think COVID-19 will change the climate change discussion? And by that I mean, uh, we've heard extremists say that, you know, shut it off, shut it off, shut the tap off, we've got to stop it, we've got to stop burning fossil fuel. And now we've realized through COVID-19, through technology, perhaps that's not the answer. The answer lies within technology and somehow using that to bring consumption down, therefore, uh, you know, in the end, helping the environment. Do you think this will change that discussion? It, it certainly could. Um, and I, you know, I, at the Smart Prosperity Institute, we do a lot of work on climate change, and uh, we're, we're thinking deeply about this issue. We're going to need to rebuild our economy. In particular, we're going to need to, to rebuild parts of our manufacturing sector. Can we use this as, as an opportunity uh, to start to manufacture, research, and develop uh, you know, those clean technologies, build them here in Canada and get our emissions down that way. So I think there is I think there is a real opportunity here. I, um, and, and we could go either way on the climate. You know, in a crisis, you know, environmental issues tend to uh, feel less important to people. Uh, so it might be that, uh, you know, we're discussing climate less in the next year or two. But it might also be that we can use this as an opportunity to, again, to retool our manufacturing sector, to start building more in Canada and building those those green technologies, which we can not just use here, but we can export uh, around the world. 
It'll be interesting to see, you know, just even with people that are commuting, uh, that have given up commuting to work from home, uh, you, you know, CEOs and, and, and executives that travel by plane from place to place to place for conventions that can now be done uh, technologically. It, it seems that at the end of the day, the answer lies within that technology rather than abstinence. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely think so. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, what, what are the policy mechanisms? You know, what are the, uh, you know, what are the procedures that uh, help us uh, get to those technological uh, solutions? And I think some of that might come in this. I, I think you're right that, uh, you know, that we're going to have at least a period where uh, conventions, you know, com- companies don't have the money to send people to conventions right now anyway. Um, and, you know, there's a, sort of less appetite to go. We're sort of talking to each other on Zoom and Skype. So there are going to be all, all of these changes. So I do worry about, you know, what is this going to mean to our tourism sector? What is this going to mean to our airlines? You know, I think there are some really big changes that are going to come to, to our economy and, and, and to our climate uh, that, that we haven't fully understood yet. Uh, getting back to reopening, uh, they've announced that Ontario parks will remain closed, and th- this means the provincial parks, until uh, the end of May. Does that pretty much solve the problem of what we're going to do on the long weekend? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, it's, that, that's a tough one. I hadn't, uh, hadn't even thought about that, but it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, somebody who likes uh, taking my kids uh, out, out hiking, um, that, that these facilities are closed. Again, I, I'll... I'll trust the doctors and the scientists on this one. Obviously, they're the expert on this. I'm not. But I, I do think it would be better for everybody's mental health if we can find a way to, to get people outdoors more and, and get them moving around. Dr. Mike Moffat has been with us, Assistant Professor, Business Economics and Public Policy Group, Ivy Business School, Western University. Mike, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. You too. Take care. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.